Hey everybody, how's it going? Ben Gothard here with another Project Dig interview, and today we are talking to Brad Burton. Brad, how you doing, man? Good on you, Ben. Good to see you. Great name, by the way. My boy's called Ben. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic, man. Glad you come on the show. So anyways, my first question for you is, what is your story? So I, um, I'm 44 years old now, and you know my teacher said to me I'd never amount to anything, and up until probably 12 years ago, he was pretty much right. I was largely unexceptional. And what I've done over the last 12 years, uh, I've actually created a national business network over in the UK, something called Four Networking, but it's a digit four. And we run over 5,000 business networking uh, events across the UK. And uh, I've written four books, business books in those last 12 years. And I'm also the UK's number one motivational business speaker. But it's not always been this way, Ben. I, um, you know, I've I've not got any qualifications. Like I say, I've been largely unexceptional. And then something changed about twelve years ago, which actually changed everything. My boy Ben came along, <laughs> and at which point, um, you know, it was no longer about me. It was about making a positive difference to him and his life. And that's the turning point, really. So, this is a guy, me, who's got no qualifications, um, not really achieved much. But like I say, at thirty, thirty-one. 32, things changed. Absolutely. So can we start a little bit further back? Uh, yeah. where, where were you born? Where were you raised? And, and maybe take us through the, the earlier parts of your life. Sure. So I was born over in Manchester in the UK. And I was brought up in a working class environment. So that's basically living on, on, on I think, in the States, tenants, uh, like council estates. So my dad left when I was six months old. Um, and I was... I was just a happy kid, really, uh, a bit of an adventurer, um, but never really achieved much. You know, oh, life was always very short term. It was always about having fun now, not really worrying about the future. And I think that's probably the best way to be as a kid. Um, and like I say, I just had uh, very little going on other than um, having fun as a kid. And I was the class clown. I was that kid who used to make everyone laugh. Um, and it's funny because... You know, daydreaming in school uh, was like a probably a big problem back then. And actually, if I look at what I've done in my business, is that's all I've done is I've daydreamed because I'm my business, all my businesses have been uh, these almost silly ideas, really. You know, my business to to start a business off as I did with no money and, and um, you know all I had was sort of belief and a dream, and that's where it started off. Really, I suppose that whole going back to being a kid. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was like I say, nothing really that exciting about me as a child, if I'm honest. Absolutely, and then and then from those childhood years until um, you you had your own boy, um, can you maybe give us uh, you know a little a little bit of insight <laughs> yeah, yeah. on what happened there? So th yeah, okay. So I uh, did various jobs. I've been unemployed in the UK for a total of four years. So I did a stint of two years, eighteen months, six months. And those were the times in my life when I lost my way. I spent a lot of time going to nightclubs. That was my thing. I used to love nightclubbing. So once again, there is nothing in my background here that is indicating in any way or form anything that was to come. I think what I would say about my background is I've always been a people person. I've always been able to go into an environment and meet and win people over quite fast. So I've got, once again, largely unexceptional. And if I think about my... My ingredients, um, this ability to be able to talk to people, my ingredients have always been the same. The only thing that's changed is my recipe in the last 12 years. The only thing that's changed. And I think that's interesting because 
I reckon that every single individual has a better version of themselves, the ingredients of a better version of themselves. They just need to, 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 to work out that recipe. Absolutely. And and so you brought up a really good point that the your your ingredients have been the same, meaning, you know, you've had your, your, your core skills kind of your whole life and you and I guess you've been developing those whether you've known it or not. So could you talk about how to identify those skills and yeah. and how to really tell what they are? That's a great question. I don't believe that you can force it. See, this is the problem. People watch Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm thinking that hashtagging hustle and grind is the secret of success. You know, being up at four o'clock in the morning, being busy, isn't the secret of success. What people need to do is be themselves. That fundamentally, at my core, is me. I don't copy anyone. I don't try to recreate anyone. See, when I underachieved in all my life, up until that point of 31, is I did try to do that. I looked at successful people and tried to emulate them. And actually, you're never going to be you. So what I always say to people, in order for you to find the best version of you, it's to spend 100% of your time being 100% you. And if people don't like you for being you, next. So I reckon that is the core of everything. That If you want to find true success, is you've got to be yourself. So in terms of actually finding what that thing is, I, if I think about what I've achieved and what I've done, is those signposts, for success have always been there. I just never saw them. I'd always walk past them thinking it was somebody else's life or only they could achieve that. And this is what I ask people to do, is to understand that opportunity is, is in front of you every single day. Whether you see it or not, that's a different ball game. And once you throw this switch, which is what I believe I've done, once you throw the switch, then you start seeing the opportunity more and more and more. And as you start uh, taking more opportunity, more opportunity presents itself. So I just think that fundamentally you can't rush this stuff. Like if you just said to me, if I'd have been listening to you at 20, or listening to myself at 21, 22, yeah, it wouldn't have been right. So it needed to me to be 31. It needed me not only to be thinking differently, but Ben to come along. Because if Ben hadn't come along, I don't believe that I'd be this man that I am now. And so, you know, you, you talked about how at 31 when, when, when you had Ben, um, that was your that was your turning point, and, and that was yeah, kind of the of critical the critical um, you know shift. Could you maybe talk about what you started doing differently at that point? You know, it was a critical shift. Why was it a critical shift, and how mm-hmm. did you how did you then you know escalate yourself to success? Sure. So <clears throat> back in the day, I started a business off. I walked out of a job twenty five thousand pounds in debt. So you know big money and when you've got no income you've got no savings 25 grand is a lot of money i walked out of a job five days before christmas uh baby ben um was probably six months old and the wife was furious because we had no way through this and it culminated in me delivering pizzas i was delivering pizzas at 31 and the reason to say that is not to be dramatic is that actually in order for you to get to where you want to be in your life you're gonna have to do shit you don't want to do and people don't like delivering pizzas at 31. They say it's beneath me or I'm, I can, I'm better than that. Well, guess what? Life's just changed. And in order for you to get to see where you want to be in life, you've got to go via A and B. And A and B is the bit where it's tough. And I'll tell you something. What happens is people get this motivation where, oh, the reason I'm hustling and grinding is because I want <clears throat> a Lamborghini or I want a mansion. <clears throat> and money is not a big enough motivator. See, what I did for me Back in the day, is I promised Ben when I'm delivering pizzas that I was going to take him to Disney World. 
right? Now I'm delivering pizzas at six pounds an hour. How on earth is a guy 25 grand in debt going to be able to take his child to, to Disney World? And guess what? In the last eight years, I've done just that. So my mission, my mission wasn't about, hey, making a load of money. It wasn't about me anymore, having a Lamborghini or nonsense like that. It was about Ben. And actually, once you start tuning in your mission to someone that you love, and it's not about you, that's when you'll do the unbelievable. That's when you are, become unstoppable, bulletproof. And that's, you know, I believe that that's what the switch was thrown. And I say it again, if it wasn't for Ben, there's no way in this world I would be the man that I am now. Not a chance. Because my mission had changed. It wasn't me. It was about him. And so, you know, at this point, we, we, we've kind of reached an interesting dynamic, right? Because we talked about one being yourself and believing in yourself and, and you know, trying to become the best form of yeah. who you are. But then at the same time, you know, it, it, it's about taking your mission and, and making it about something that's bigger than yourself, right? So What's the same? Absolutely one in the same here, friend. Trust me, they're one in the same is that I have got a clear mental image of where I'm going. And for the first time in my life, I had a claim in that image that I had to, I had to, uh, in order for me to take Ben to Disney World on the likes, I had to have a successful business. So my business wasn't a success at first, but I, what I'd done, I never lost sight of my destination. So no matter where, whichever way I ended up, I always ended up there. That's what you've got to do. You've got to have a clear mental image. And that's where people go wrong. You could have two twins. One will do really well, the other one won't. Same physiology, same everything. And one's got a clear mental image. That's the difference. And so for people who may not have that clear mental image or they may be doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, kind of dabbling, what advice can you give them in order to help them elevate their success to the next level? You can't rush it. And this is what people try to do. You have the perfect ingredients, the perfect recipe, but if it's in the oven and it needs to be in there for an hour and you try to speed it up, you're going to make a mess of it. So understand this. <clears throat> Just by listening to this conversation, you are now more aware of the opportunity that presents itself. Genuinely, there are no shortcuts. I've been doing this for 11 years. 11 years. If I knew what I knew now, I reckon I could have probably done it in seven years. Right? But the only way that I know what I've done now is through 11 years of it. <clears throat> and actually... The fastest way from point A to point B is by following someone that's done it. But the stars need to align as well. So just by following what I do and trying to copy it, you know, you have a different set of rule books to me. You've been brought up in a different environment to me. So therefore, the resources that are at your fingertips are not the same resources that are at mine. And this is what people try to do is that you need to understand that you can't rush success. You can't. And this is why. Uh, what happens is that people end up buying personal development courses and, and shit like that based on some sort of certainty that people try to sell you, to say, hey, come on my course and you'll be able to fast track. It's bullshit. You know, and this is what I'm, I'm on at the moment is that I'm actually fighting back against all that stuff. And I'm trying to tell people the reality in personal development world, which is it's going to be long, it's going to be arduous, and there's no real shortcuts. Because what you do is that you need to make mistakes because experience is what you win when you lose. And a mistake is only a mistake after the event. No one, including me, wakes up and says, you know what, I'm going to go and fuck up today. <laughs> but occasionally I do. But what I, as long as you learn from a mistake, it's not because what an expert is, and I consider myself an expert in this field of speaking over in the UK or networking or writing books. What an expert is, is someone who has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. And I've made them all. That's what makes me an expert. 
And when people are scared to make mistakes or make decisions just in case they make mistakes, they actually keep themselves locked down rather than move themselves forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I really like what you said about excuse me about how experience is what you win when you lose when you fail yeah. right and and i think to to touch on the on the point that we mentioned earlier about you know the 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 intersect between being who you are and having that clear vision having having something a goal bigger than yourself is in order to get to that goal you need to develop yourself into the person who you can be Correct. And, and and you need to reach your fullest potential because it is the person who you are inside that's going to reach that goal. It's Absolutely. not it's it's not about money in my opinion. It's not about money. It, you know, it's not about things. It's about who you are on the inside as a person and how far that person can take you. Let, let me give you a great example of this to put it in perspective. Yeah. <clears throat> so Imagine, if you can, that over here, uh, you, you, that's you, and over here, in order for you to get from one side, it's a 50-foot walk. To get from one side to the other side, and you'll get your dream vehicle, a Rolls-Royce Phantom. There's a guy waiting. You could walk. If, however, you had to do it through glass and molten lava barefoot, you might think you can. you get about three steps in, and you'd be back. Now, if your family needed saving at the other side of that, you wouldn't be hesitating, thinking, can I do it, can I not? You'd be across. And you, yes, you might never walk again, but you'd make it. That says to me that money and stuff is not a big enough motivator. So what I've done is I've channeled my mission. So it's not about me. It's not about money. It's about taking Ben to Disney World. So it is about money. Of course it is. But it's not about money. It's about taking Ben to Disney World. And by doing so, it allows you to be a whole lot stronger about your mission. And this is why I've had almost unwavering self-belief at times, because I've had to be completely pig-headed in this approach and bullheaded to, to, to business because in the last um, 12 years, I've wanted to quit 11 times, like genuinely, like zero not quitting, 10 quitting. I've been 9.8, 9.9, 11 times. And the only reason that I didn't quit is I didn't have a plan B. I did not have a plan B. I had to make this work. And if you've got a plan B, you don't believe in your plan A. And when people have a plan B, right, you don't 100% believe in it. If you don't 100% believe in your plan A, don't get upset when I'm not buying your products or services because you don't 100% believe in them either. <clears throat> That's a great point. That's a great point. If you don't, you know, if you don't 100% believe in your own plan A, how can you expect your customers to believe in right. that too? Right. That's and a, yet you see people, if it, does, if it doesn't work out, or going to the bank for a loan because they don't want to put their own house on it. You know, so you don't want to put your own house on it, but you want to go to the bank and get money off them. Come on. So you obviously don't believe in it. And if, you, if, you, if you've got one eye on the escape pod, you finish, you've just lost. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, again, about that shift of, of when you really started to become successful. How did you start? You know, when you said you, said you quit your job delivering pizzas and, and you wanted to start a business. Well, what, what's that timeline? What's that progression? So I actually, I, I quit a job, which was a reasonably paid one. It was a marketing role. I quit that. And then three months later, started my own business off. Then three months later, I was delivering pizzas whilst running my marketing business. So the timeline there was like literally three months. And then uh, about 18 months from the point that I started up my own business off to the point where I came up with this for networking. I did have a marketing business at first. Then I started the networking organization. And then I thought I'd made it two years in. Then I've lost it all again. So it's like a roller coaster. There is no, you know, in your mind's eye, the trajectory is up there to there. Bullshit. It's like this. 
And eventually what happens is the drops become less violent and less aggressive and it just settles, settles down. Um, but for me, 11 years, like literally I, I quit, um, I stepped away from a business. I've got a, a management team running my business. 10 years to the day, 10 years to the day that I started the organization, I stepped down as managing director of four networking and I've got a management team in there now. So it's been up and down. And I think any person that tells you otherwise as a business is lying because, the you know, I, I meet hundreds of business owners each week when I speak. It's a tough gig, but you need to be resolute as to why that is. So the time scale for me, I would be lying to you in order. I think it's always going to take you four times longer than what your business plan for the bank says. You know, you might as well have a foreword by J.K. Rowling because it's a frigging work of fiction. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. You started, so, so I, I'm, I'm just trying to get it all straight. So you left a, a high-paying job. No, not a high-paying job, a mid, mid-management job. Mid-management job, and you started a marketing company. Correct, and then three months later, I'm delivering pizzas to keep that marketing company afloat. Gotcha. And so what were you doing in the marketing company? Like, were you um, social media marketing? Was it direct mail? Hey, How, <laughs> this is 2006, so you know there was no social media back then. Um, so it was, you know, conventional marketing, doing branding, doing uh, email marketing back then, just overall general marketing. And I was quite good at it, quite funky at my approach was, was, was fresh. And funny enough, it was that same approach that I've used throughout all my books and throughout um, my businesses, which is quite disruptive in some respects, because I go into a place, I go into a marketplace, which is congested, and I create fucking mayhem. And actually by creating mayhem, good or bad, people talk about you. Brad Burton, I've never heard of him. Who is he? Oh, he's an idiot. Oh, he seems all right to me. Boom. And it just, you know, it was a disruptive marketing, and that's what I do. I get eyeballs on. And then it's very difficult for people to be able to dismiss me when you've written, I'm the highest rated business author on Amazon in the UK. You know, when you've written four business books like that, um, when you get booked by JCB, Bentley, and these global brands to speak, then all of a sudden, anyone who says this guy's making it up, you know, it falls away because I'm actually doing what I set, set out to do. So the whole thing has been um, with the marketing business. I made the conscious decision. It goes back down to that plan A, plan B. I actually said um, with my marketing business, I'm stopping this in order to put all my focus onto four networking, the business that become, you know, the national network in the UK. So there was no plan B there. I swapped my plan A with another plan A. That's fantastic. And, and how, how long did you take on the marketing business before you realized, okay, this might not be what I want to put all my eggs into? And how did you make that transition? All right, so I'm a year in of running my, my marketing business, and then I came up with this idea for Four Networking. Uh, I launched Four Networking, and then um, probably about two months after that, I then this is the bit where I swapped my plan out. So in, in total, 18 months. And, and the business, the marketing business, was going from £30,000 the first year to 46000 in the halfway through the second year. And I threw it in the bin. So it was definitely on trajectory. But I um, threw it in the bin because, you know, to focus on four networking. And actually, looking back, that was one of those core decisions, which actually a turning point. That if I'd not done that, I wouldn't be where I am now. Absolutely. And so... Um, the transition, by the way, <laughs> the transition, there was none. I, I just made a, a complete... You know, I realised that I was not going to starve to death I want you to realize you're not going to starve to death. I always ask the question to people, what's the risk? And, and, and if the risk is it doesn't work out, you go and get a proper job, which is exactly where you started in the first place. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. So from your marketing job to for networking, 
Um, maybe maybe talk a little bit about what that is, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just just give a little bit of insight on how you got it started and, and when sure. you started to catch some momentum. <clears throat> so if I look at business networking, business networking has always been uh, up its own ass, very suit and tie, this, that, and the other, very formal. And I looked at what was the existing networks in the UK. And in political terms, you've got the left wing where nothing quite happens. It's all very nice, but nothing quite happens. Then you've got the hardcore right. Where's your leads? Where's your referrals? You have to attend. And I'm thinking, where is the mainstream of networking? And it never existed until I started it before networking. And I looked at all these networks and said, okay, what do people like about them? What do people not like? And all the stuff they don't like, I got rid of. Now, wherefore networking differs it's probably the best way to describe it is most networking events, they're a bit like having a PC, which isn't web-enabled. Super powerful, but it's not web-enabled. When you go and get a laptop, which is web-enabled, it's so much more powerful. That's what for networking is, because what we've done is we've got, um, as a member, you don't access just one group. You've got access to the entire network. So as a member, I, I did, as part of my founders tour, I do it every year, I actually went to 12 full networking meetings around the UK in one, in one week. And that just shows you the power of this network. So every single day, today there's 40 meetings running. So as a member, you can go anywhere in the UK. Uh, whereas the old, the, the old way of doing it is you go to the same meeting, see the same people, and they're your referral base. Well, okay, if I don't like you and you don't like me, we're now pretending that we like each other in order to, because we're in the club. Now, so what you do, you pick and choose, but also what we do at 4Network, we have three appointments. You have three 10-minute appointments in group time. So the format, anyway, is completely unique. And what we've got at 4Network is 50% social, 50% business, and it works. That's the tagline from day one. And when we came into the space, you know, people said, you're crazy. But I realized that actually the social bit is the glue that holds people together. You know, it's not just, I think, where... The other networks come, so I'll get it wrong, is they try to put business ahead of the people. But what we've done is put the people ahead of the business. So if I don't like you and you don't like me, lovely to see you, go on. Info network, and if I like you and you like me, and we're playing PlayStation 4 games in the evening, then actually we're more inclined to be uh, connected and do business. That's what 4Networking's done. We've done it completely. So we've changed uh, the UK networking scene completely, like the Chamber of Commerce, the BNI, the Business Network International, we've smashed them to pieces. Right, and we're gonna and we're doing it globally as well. So the next stage is for networking over in Australia and also in um, America. But that's top secret. <laughs> Absolutely, and and that that is really cool, man. And um, mm. yeah, I, w- I want to talk a little bit more about that because I really do think that networking is incredibly important. Um, can can you talk about the importance of building your network and and why it is so crucial? as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, to, to go out and meet people? So I, where I live now, I live in the country. And when I first moved down here from Manchester, 200 miles away, I knew nobody, right? Anywhere in the UK right now, I can go in any town, any city in the UK, and I will know people because of the nature of my, my network. <clears throat> See, what people try to do is they, they, it's a bit like, networking is not like a fueling station on your vehicle. So you've got a pickup there. You've got no fuel in. Hey, I need to go and top it up. Boom. What you need to do with uh, networking is build your network ahead of the point you need it. See, I've got friends of mine. That if I ring them up and say, hey, guess what? Steve, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And I've got a dead body in my boot. Have you got a hacksaw? But those people, you know, they'll be there for me. 
But what people try to do is I've just met you in a networking event, buy my stuff. Well, no, Brad. There's no relationship. So this is what you need to do. Build the relationship ahead of the time when you actually need to use the relationship. And that's where people get all twisted and wrong. You know, I've never in a networking environment bumped into someone, gone, oh, they show you a business card. They go, fucking hell, where's my checkbook? Never. doesn't happen. And yet people come into the assumption that they turn up at a networking event and that's how it is. That everyone's going to be going, fuck me, where's my checkbook? It doesn't work like that. So you have to build your network up. And people say, well, I've not got time. I've not got time. Well, that's cool. At least you're honest with yourself. But what ends up happening is these people that don't have time, they end up getting lonely. They end up coming from a corporate environment, starting their own business off. And the next thing is they start going stir crazy. Because all they're sitting in front of is in the box room doing their work day in, day out. And what networking is, it allows you to be a social animal. It allows you to give you a purpose to, to keep talking to people, to find out about Brexit, to find out about what's going on. And that can never be underestimated. You know, I'm a massive PlayStation 4 gamer. And one of my networking events last week on Friday, we're talking about, I was one of the guys just before, about Ghost Recon Wildlands. Now, you know, technically, what should we have done? Stop that conversation because, hey, what we need to do is we need to talk about business or maybe just maybe as a result of that, you know, I'm now connected with Mike and, and we're talking about other stuff. So what's going on is, is this whole commercial approach to networking has actually stifled networking. It's actually created more problems than it's solved. So what we've got, like I said, before networking and what I, my approach to networking is to Never underestimate anyone. Never overestimate anyone. Treat everyone the same with respect because it's not just the person you're talking to. It's all the people they know. And people get that wrong because they'll turn up there and say, hey, I'm looking for lawyers. There's none in this room. I'm going to go to the chamber. They've got lawyers there. Stop. If I was to ask a room of 20 people, who in this room personally knows a lawyer, 15 of them would go up, 15 hands would go up. So the question is, how do I access you or those lawyers by building a relationship up. And if you've got no time, just because you're after lawyers, I'm not going to go, oh, here's, me, here's the phone number of my lawyer. I'll give him a call, tell him. I'm not going to do that. It takes time. So build your network up before you need it. That is a fantastic tip. That's a great tip. And, uh, you know, one, one that, that I'm gonna, I want to offer to everybody listening is to make sure that, and, and it kind of piggybacks off of what you said, don't immediately go and ask the people that you're trying to network with don't ask them for favors, okay? That is the last thing that entrepreneurs need is somebody coming up to them and asking them for something sure. immediately, right? Sure. What, what I would recommend is trying to provide value first, right? Provide value in some way, whether it be a funny story, whether it be just a really good conversation, whether it be uh, some sort of connection that, that you can offer, try to provide value first and then maybe someday that value will come back to you in Correct. some way, shape, or form. Right? Correct. And this, is, this is the thing. People people go in there with a, f a fueling station mentality, and that's the bit where they get it all twisted and all wrong. Like I say, they go in there and try to sell without a relationship. You know, this is not a sat there on an Avis hire car uh, waiting for somebody to take an order. And people, you need to build your build your network up, build your, build your reputation up. Build your trust up. Without that, you can forget it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I want to get your opinion on this because it's something that, that I've been thinking for a long time. And it's that it's more important to build a relationship and try to find a long-term customer than it is to try to find one sale. What do you think about that? 
I think that if somebody wants to buy your products and services, sell it them. But absolutely, you know, I'm a hoarder of people. Those people that I, uh, I've got friends and networkers that I've known for 10 years since we started this organization up. And I continue to do so. But I just, you know, this is not a hunting game. This is a farming game. That's what you've got to do. You've got to stop putting space through everything and trying to just, that's not what it's about. And, and I think, I actually think, once again, you go into that environment and you try to put a spear through everyone, everyone switches off from you and says, oh, God, here he is again. And they're the people that say, hey, networking doesn't work. I went along twice and sold nothing. Yeah, you're right. How much did you buy of those two times you went? You know, and that's it. So I would absolutely agree with you on that point. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, maybe, uh, I like providing value, right? I think the name of the game in, in, in this uh, these interviews is providing value. So yep. maybe we could give a top three um, tips, if you will, to becoming a better networker. Okay, be yourself, because we leak the truth. We absolutely leak the truth, and people get it all wrong. If you're trying to be something you're not, nah. So be yourself, create the conditions where people buy instead of you selling. So for a great example is me, I'll sit down there with my book, and I will talk, 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 and they'll say, hey, is that your book? Sure, boom. Rather than going, hey, look at my book, look at my book. So create the conditions where people buy. And understand this, it takes time. Networking takes time for it to work. If you've not got time for it to work, don't go networking. But actually, don't turn around and say, it's the wrong sort of people as well. I'm looking for, in the UK, people say, I'm looking for high net worth individuals. Oh, God. Anyone who ever says that to me, I say this, are you a high net worth individual? And when they say, well, no, say, do me a favor, piss off and eat high net worth individuals, right? Everyone has value. Everyone has value. Whether you see it or not, that's down to you. But trust, like I say, uh, everyone has value and never, never dismiss anyone in networking because you don't know who they know. That is such a good point. And and not only do you not know who they know, but you don't know who people are going to become, right? <laughs> Just, like like you mentioned uh, the foreword by J.K. Rowling, right? She she lived in her car. She was homeless for for years while she was writing the Harry Potter books. And now she's and correct me if I'm wrong, but but she's one of the wealthiest women in the world. Absolutely, I mean, I mean she certainly she, is. <clears throat> but once again, you go back to me. Um, you know, I was just a pizza guy 11 years ago, and that's the point. And that is the point. And actually, it's a great way to I call it the waiter test, which is how you treat people when you've got no advantage. And I treat people like I say, I've got a real level about me, and it's something that's permeated throughout this network, is that this whole piece about everyone has having value and everyone being able to contribute to the community, to the wider community. You must have a look at the four networking community on, on Facebook. We we started eight months ago, and it's like literally, it's just been speeding up. We're now up to 15,000 members. Um, uh, and and, and it, what's interesting, it's like 120, 150 new members a day. It's just like, boom. In the UK, it's just took well, it's global, but it's just taken light. And it just shows you, I think we've got the recipe. I think we've got the recipe for networking, which is completely unique. And nobody can copy this because this has come through my personality. So somebody trying to do it, hey, 50% social, 50% business, unless you've got someone like me at the head of it driving it initially, it ain't going to work. And that's the great thing is over in the UK, people are trying to copy this format. And it's more than a format. This is 44 years of growing up in a council estate brought me to this point so even somebody goes and you, you can go online now and go and see my format it's on the video and somebody wants to go and copy it in the states 
Go on. You won't be able to because there's so many small nuances that are the difference between it working, uh, success and failure. And people don't see that. It's like in, in business. Just because you've read a book doesn't mean that you become that expert. It's like me. You know, um, one of the top chefs in the UK, Jamie Oliver. I could have the same kitchen next to him with all the same ingredients in the same oven. And we could he could give me his list and I wouldn't be able to make the food the same as him. Why? Because of experience. And that's what people lack sometimes, experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a really good point. And, you know, the, the fact that you have spent so much time doing this and building this, um, you know, I, I really do think it gives you a lot of insight. So I definitely encourage everybody to go check out all, all the four networking um, content online and, and, and go, go connect with Brad. I'm actually going to put all of those links down in the description below um, so you can you can easily access that so you know we talked about networking and the importance the importance of that um, and and you know we could talk all day about that because I, I think it, it really is one of the most important parts of business or of being in business is networking meeting people but but I want to talk more about you I, I want to talk about your books you said you wrote four of them um, could you talk about uh, w what they are? when you yeah. started writing them and, and how they reached a successful level. So I've got them here. This is my first one. Uh, I'm just looking for my fourth, my, my fourth one. The third one's missing. Um, get off your ass. <laughs> business book, which actually captures, what, that's the highest rated business book in the UK. Google, Amazon.co.uk and have a look. No one comes close to it. <clears throat> I, I think I've captured what it's like to be self-employed. I think I've captured the fears, the hopes, the dreams, the aspirations, the delivering pizzas, right? That's what I've done. And that talks about the journey from me uh, starting my own business off and the likes. The Get Off Your Arse 2, a sequel to that, <clears throat> that was about, that was my transition really, looking at my past. Because when I was 20 years old, I got two bullets put through my window over in Manchester. I got shot at. And I always run from my problems, always run from my problems. That's why I moved 200 miles away. And I realized that actually your past doesn't need to define your future. And rather than it being a problem, I looked at what happened in my, or what's happened in my life in every element, not just that dramatic piece there. And actually, that was my, my transition to start helping people with their lives as well and to do that, to prove that, look, I'm an entrepreneur who's not really on paper. I should be a bank robber. But yet I've managed to achieve so much. And that means that you can be a better version of you. So get off your ass one, get off your ass two. Then my book, which was a turning point for me, which was called Life Business Just Got Easier, which was published by Capstone, which is the world's biggest business book publisher. And um, that was, that was I had a nervous breakdown about six years ago. The pressure of work and my bad decisions had caught up with me because it's a bit like the game Jenga. Do you know the game Jenga with the wooden blocks? Absolutely. My life is like that. Right. I took all these blocks out and had this big tower of success, but it was so wobbly. At any moment, it could fall down, and so many people do that. And uh, and that was about my rebuilding myself. And the great thing about that is if you deconstruct yourself, you get to rebuild yourself differently, which is what I've done. I've rebuilt myself differently. Um, I think where the problems come in life is that we just keep clumping onto our bad building and our bad construction. And then my, my latest book, which came out uh, in November, Now What?, which is without question my greatest book. I mean, they're all great, like they are. But it's funny because as a writer, I've changed. So it's captured, it's almost biographic, biographical, these books interweaved with business messages and, and, and motivational stuff. But now what is that question that we never ask ourselves? The only time that we ask our, that question, now what, 
is when the shit hits the fan, <laughs> right? When you've just lost your job, you've just lost your house, you've got someone pregnant. You know, we never ask that question. We just, on autopilot, and those minutes become hours, those hours become days, those days become months, those months become years, those years become a life. And now what is about you saying, okay, stop right now and ask this question right now. Stop just walking, right? You wouldn't get in your car without a GPS program. You just drive aimlessly. So where are you going? What do you need to do? And if I think about me going back 11, 12 years, that's what happened. That now what was the point when I realized I needed to make change? That's what it's about. That's fantastic. And, and again, I'm going to put all of those books in the description below. Thank you. Uh, I very highly recommend everybody go pick up Brad's books. Um, you can absolutely learn a ton from Brad, and, and, and I highly encourage you to do that. So, you know, you, you've written these books. Um, they've been very successful. Uh, the, the the first one was is is on the um, UK the Amazon UK bestsellers list for for business. Well, it's, it's it's the highest rated five star reviews. I think I, I think it's three hundred sixty eight five star reviews. Like no one in the UK is anywhere near there. Like no one. That's phenomenal. It's just you know it just took like it just took like. That's phenomenal. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, you you've written those four books and then you're also a speaker, right? Yeah. Um, can you talk about when you started speaking, how you started to book those speaking engagements and, and you know, give us a little bit of insight on that uh, piece of your life? So, so, so at 4Networking, when I launched my networking group, I had no option other than to present to a group of strangers. And I was shaking like a leaf and nervous. I used to be like um, uh, Stevie Wonder. I could never look at people in the eye when you're speaking, right? You know, and it's like... Um, I just over the last 10 years, I've just been speaking and speaking and speaking. And as my confidence has come up, I started sharing more about my life. And then people within my networking groups would say, Brad, you're so inspirational. You're so motivational. Oh, thank you. And I'm thinking, this is just me talking. And then before you know it, there might be somebody from a business show, a local small hall business show in the audience that says, hey, Brad, we've got a show in two months time. Can you come and speak there for free? Of course. And then before you know it, you, you know, you get inundated with free, free requests and you go, well, okay, let's go and get paid $500. And then the thousand dollars, and and it goes on. That's it. You just, but once again, you can't rush it. People try to shortcut it and go, "All right, I've been on a speaking course today." The reason that people book me as a motivational business speaker is one, because I've written four books; two, because I started four networking; three, because I delivered pizzas; four, because I've been unemployed for four years; five, because I got shot at; six, because I've been addicted to drugs twice; seven, because I nearly had a well a nervous breakdown, and the list goes on of all these fucking things that have actually allowed me to become this person. But most normal people don't share that element of their life. So unless you're prepared to share, I would not be much of a motivational speaker if I took all that stuff away. So it takes time and you need to be honest with yourself and say, are you prepared to share your story? Yes or no. And if you are, share it. If you're not, then you're going to be limited in your ability to gain uh, momentum. So that's the reality of it. You know, when you look at a boxer, they don't suddenly go, hey, guess what? Day one, you've had a fight. Let's go and fight Floyd Mayweather. It takes time. You've got to go to small halls when there's no one there. You've got to get used to, to, to stage lights. And it's this kind of thing. And it takes time. That's how I've managed to become a success in the UK as a speaker, is that just reputation. And that reputation, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had JCB and Bentley on the phone to me saying, can you come and speak? So five years ago, maybe not. And about four or three years ago, that's when things started coming together and people started talking. My reputation had built up. That's it. Wow. It's like that in life. It's like my business as well. You can't force success. 
That's a, that's a really good point. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people have this, this mindset of, I'm going to just open the doors to my business and tons and tons of customers are going to flood in and I'm just going to immediately be this, this millionaire, this billionaire, this, this success. But I really like what you're saying about having to be patient. And, and, you know, hey, Ben, to... I'll tell you something. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. <clears throat> See, we have this skewed version of what success is. We think that success is hanging out with Tony Robbins, Obama, uh, Richard Branson on a private island. You know, I'm a working class lad from Manchester, Salford. That's not my dream. And so many people, that's their dream. And yet, they're moving with people that are not their people. They're, they're, they're getting themselves involved. So what I say to you is find your level. See, on the scale of, of, of Donald Trump and Richard Branson and the likes, they're up here. Brad Burton in my entrepreneur journey, on a scale of 1 to 10, they're 10. I'm probably a 2 on their scale. But I'm not on their scale. I'm on my scale. I'm a 10 on my scale. So what I say to people is find your level. Find your level. Stop looking at everyone else because being a billionaire, that's not success. I've got a friend of mine who's got 20 million pounds worth of supercars, 30 supercars, Bugattis, Lamborghinis, the lot. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being happy, one being miserable, he's a two or a three. He's broken. And the way that he gets his, the way that he, he, he tries to feel better about himself is by buying a new car. Because that's where he thinks that happiness is in the new car, is in the new thing. And when he gets the new car, for that brief moment, you get happiness. And then you've got to go and do it again. And this is what I try to say to people. Is that it's about finding your happiness because happiness is an inside job. You know, I'm no hippie, right? I'm from Salford, Manchester. But I look at the world differently as a result of that nervous breakdown and see that success is not from a financial perspective. It's not that's not where success lies. It's about feeling content about yourself. And, and so many people are chasing what they think success is by being billionaires or millionaires and hanging out with these people that have no disregard, have got no affinity with whatsoever. So I found my level. And I'm never going to be Richard Branson. I'm never going to be Tony Robbins. I'm never going to be Donald Trump, right? But I am going to be a better version of me, and I continue to do that. And that's what I urge all your audience to do. Stop chasing. Find your level. Stop looking at other people, because that shit will drive you crazy. Looking at people's Instagram, you know, Rolex, uh, Bentley, Squad Gold. Nonsense. Be a better version of you. And, and at the same time, I do think it's important to talk about you know, not comparing yourself to, to these kind of people, but I do think it is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I do think it is important to get inspired by those kinds of people. Learn what? learn what? their what? stories. Figure out how they got successful, why they were successful, and, and maybe try to implement some of those things in your business. Listen, if it works for you, great. But for every person that I see who's trying to chase somebody there and follow their path, I'll give you 999 people who are pissed off with their life because they're never going to be that person. So so that's great. I understand. And there'll be one person who says, hey, yeah, I get it, and I can follow that path. But there'll be 999 people broken. So I'm saying to you that actually having a Lamborghini may not be your goal. I see people chasing these big goals. And I used to be the one, dream big. But that dream big can cause you nightmares. And I'm not saying in any way or form do not be have, have vision and dreams. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying be realistic. Because for the vast majority of people watching this, they're not going to have a private island. So they can follow people with private islands all day long. You can go and follow, follow Warren Buffett and try to understand how he made his success. 
But that's not you because Warren Buffett is exceptional. Warren Buffett has got a different set of rules and, and, and ingredients to you and I. So this is what I'm trying to say. That's great looking at what Gary Vaynerchuk's doing. But he's exceptional. So you've got to be the most exceptional version of you, not what Gary Vaynerchuk or me. And once you throw the switch on that, you will find that you'll start being a whole lot more happier. You'll find your success. You'll find your level rather than looking at somebody else's level and going, I'm never going to be that person or feeling down or dour as a result of not being able to achieve. And this isn't me saying, hey, guess what? This isn't me talking people out of it. I'm just saying be realistic because where I'm at right now, I could make a whole lot more money. But there's one thing that I can't make more of, time. And one day, I'm not going to be here. And actually, do you reckon on my dying breath, I'm going to go, fucking hell, I wish I'd have got a Lamborghini. Of course not. What I'm going to say is I wish I'd have spent more time with my family. I wish I'd have looked after my health. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm on a completely different journey to these guys. Because, you know, money's not my motivator anymore. I've got everything that I want. Everything that I want. And my life will not be any better if I've got a 60-foot Olympic-sized swimming pool outside. And that's once you realise that, then actually you can start living and you can start really enjoying your life. I agree. I agree. And, and you know, I, I, I don't think uh, – I wasn't disagreeing with, with what you were saying at all. You know, I, I 100% agree. Um, but, but I was saying that it is important to, like you said, learn um, about, you know, how other people got to where they no, – yeah, yeah. and, 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 you know, maybe but, take a little but, bit from but, there and a little bit from there. Absolutely. And that's what I do. I'm inspired by everyone that I see. Like everyone. Exactly. You said to me, exactly. give me one inspiration. Nah, I couldn't. Everything that I see when I drive, when I meet people at networking events, they inspire me and drive. And that goes back onto that thing. You know, that's always been there. And up until 31 year old, I never saw that. Now I look at it and can see inspiration. You know, it's, it's just crazy. And that's the difference. But you've got to throw the switch. Ben, I've got five minutes before my next appointment. Go. Absolutely. So um, I, uh, I have two more questions for you. Um, the first being, what do you want to leave behind as your legacy? Great question. If I died today, then I've achieved more than whatever I was set out to. Like, really, my books are my life. I've written those books there. My children can read that, and they can get every life lesson because I've written it for the audience, but my children. If there's one thing that I could leave them, it's them books. Read those books because I will give you the keys to your success to be the best that you could possibly be. Um, you know, I'm living proof of that. I'm living proof of that. I'm, I've brought on my teachings in those books, and that's what I want my children primarily to be able to read. I've left my legacy, and anyone who reads my books will become a happier, better version of themselves, like genuinely. Um, you know, in the UK, I've not got much of a reputation outside of the UK, if I'm honest, but that's okay because my life's okay. See, this is the thing. People say, hey, do you not want to go and break America? No. <laughs> really, I'm okay living in Britain. You know, whilst there's a single person, and this goes back down to it, which is knowing your level, finding your level. You know, somebody said to me, hey, Brad, come over. We've got a 10,000-seat auditorium over in Washington. Do you want to go and speak? Okay, no problem. But I'm not going to go out of my way to do it. So my legacy is uh, is about um, being driven driven to happiness rather than to unhappiness and then trying to get that message out there to people. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And, and the last question for you is, it, by the way, thank you so much for, for your time. It's been a fantastic interview. Um, is there anything that you think is an important part of who you are that I did not ask you about today? In other words, what did I miss? You know, 
I think it's about looking at your makeup, about who you are as an individual. Now, I've always been tenacious. I've always been driven in the wrong ways, I suppose, originally anyway. Um, and it's about that. It's about looking at yourself, every single individual listening to this or watching this right now. Look at who you are and be really honest with who you are. Don't try to emulate me. Don't try to emulate you. Don't try to emulate whoever. Be the best version of you. And I, I think I'm living proof of that. I think I'm living proof of that. And if I can do it, you know, uh, against all odds, then anyone can do that. And it's about looking deep within yourself, like genuinely looking deep within yourself and saying, okay, you know, what ingredients for success have I got? And what are the ingredients that I'm missing that I need either to, to, to find or to outsource? So look within yourself. That's what I'd say. That's fantastic. So, Brad, I, I really want to thank you for coming on to the interview today. Um, you were really inspiring, and, and you know I hope that my audience um, you know really appreciates all the things that you've done and, and the hard work that you put in. So, um, again, everybody that's listening, all the links to uh, for networking and all Brad's books are going to be below. I very highly encourage you to check them out. Um, you know, if he's been at the top of the um, you know the the reading list the the Amazon bestsellers list for a while with the highest rating then there that that's saying something so uh, I would definitely highly encourage you to take advantage of that again the link's going to be below um, I just want to say thank you to everybody listening y'all are the reason we do it um, this is an incredible opportunity to better yourself to to learn something to grow as an individual and I want to thank you for giving both myself and Brad the opportunity to spend this time with you today. So thank you very much. This has been another Project Egg interview, and today we've been talking with Brad Burton. Take care, everybody.